Think Humanities, a podcast for people who love history, philosophy, culture, literature, civic dialogue, and the arts. Think Humanities, from Kentucky Humanities, where we've been telling Kentucky stories for 45 years. Here is your host, Bill Goodman. Today on the podcast, GSP, the State Governor's Scholars Program. The Governor's Scholars Program is a summer residential program for outstanding high school students in Kentucky who are rising seniors. The program originated in 1983 as a result of Kentucky leaders' concern that the state's best and brightest were leaving the Commonwealth to pursue educational and career opportunities elsewhere without fully understanding the potential of their talents at home. The program's mission is to enhance Kentucky's next generation of civic and economic leaders. The first class numbered 230 and was housed on one college campus. Since then, the program has enjoyed excellent support and grown to over 1,000 students on three campuses. The 2019-2021 session will be hosted by Bellarmine University in Louisville, Center College in Danville, and Moorhead State University in Moorhead. The executive director and academic dean for the program is Aris Cedeno, who is also a board member of Kentucky Humanities. Aris has been a university professor, has published a book on Panamanian culture, and joined the faculty of GSP in 1992. This summer, the campus director at Center College in Danville is Brian Rich, who teaches at Ballard High School in Louisville. I am the campus director for the Governor Scholars Program at Center College. So if somebody drove into Kentucky uh, during this period of time uh, in the summer and noticed an uh, absence of young people <laughs> in particular towns, uh, not necessarily in cities, but uh, all over Kentucky, and somebody said, Governor Scholars, and you happen to say, what's that? What right. would be your response? Well, the, we are a five-week uh, academic enrichment leadership program. We are a living, learning, working community. So the scholars live on campus. The staff live on campus. Um, we are here for five weeks with one day in between where they can visit with their family and friends. So we ask that they not leave campus unless an emergency arises so they can immerse themselves in our community. We offer academic enrichment. We do not have grades. We do not um, have traditional measures of academic success. So one of the things we challenge our faculty to do is to what does success look like for your class? And oftentimes it's engagement, it's rigor of discussion, it's uh, the, you know, implementation of um, critical thinking. So that's really what we're looking for. And it's, it's great for our scholars, it's great for our faculty because most of us that teach for a living, this is not the normal environment in which we work. So it's really enriching for everybody. And so our philosophy is that all of us are scholars, staff and, and student alike. We're all here to work and learn together. So we encourage our faculty to explore topics that they may not feel they have an expertise in, that they also can learn along with the students and that's always fun. And therefore we call each other by our first names. I'm not Mr. Or there's no doctors, there's no professor. It's first name, which is different than a lot of other scenarios but that's what we do 
And um, it takes some getting used to for the kids because they're not used to that environment. But basically, it's, it's also a networking opportunity. You're going to meet people from all over our Commonwealth, people you probably would not otherwise meet. You're going to engage in meaningful and rich conversations. You're going to meet people from different backgrounds, different perspectives, people who oftentimes will think completely different than you. And you're going to have really rich, rewarding conversations about important subjects in your life. And that also doesn't occur just in our classes. We, we call it an intellectual program, not an academic program, because obviously classes are paramount, but you'll walk by two kids having a discussion under a tree. Mm-hmm. At the lunch table, you will hear kids engaging in the debate they had in class that morning, but introducing it to friends of theirs who are not in that class. And it's a really exciting place to learn and grow. Um, we don't judge people. You know, ultimately, your opinion is your opinion, and we respect that. We do ask people to you know, have a, think about the opinions you have and why you have them. Our job is, our goal is not to change anybody's mind about anything, but um, it's to just engage in discussion and to think critically about life and the, and the situations in our commonwealth. These are our future leaders in many instances, and we're getting to a point in GSP's history in our 37th summer where we're getting people who are in leadership positions. Mm. Um, we have someone who is a governor scholar running for governor this year. We have someone who is a governor scholar on my campus in 2003 running for attorney general. So we're getting to the point where many of our scholars are now embracing and engaging in those leadership roles. What can you tell me about the history of GSP? We were founded in 1983. A woman named Lillian Press, whose husband uh, helped found KET. So they're great contributors to our Commonwealth. And the, the goal was there had been talk for several years. Some other states in the nation were, in, were engaging in a way to try to combat brain drain. Their best and brightest were leaving the state for other opportunities. And while that is not a specific aim of the Governor Scholars Program, we have decades of research that shows that scholars do at over 80% remain in the Commonwealth when they engage in this program. So the goal was to offer them an opportunity to learn in the Governor's Schools model. We uh, borrowed from North Carolina, Missouri, Arkansas, a couple other states that had started something like this, where it is there's no college credit, there's no tuition, there's no academic grades. And so it's an environment where intellectuals learn from each other and they are exposed to different subjects they would not normally have in high school at that time was kind of the logic of it. And that they would have a chance to just grow and enjoy learning without the pressure of a normal academic How does a student get uh, accepted into the program? There's a pretty rigorous application process. There's several different categories. There's their academics, test scores, difficulty of course load, GPA. There's also extracurriculars, honors and awards, and service. We ask for a teacher recommendation and a community recommendation, so someone not associated with their school. And then there is a scholar essay where we ask them to write about uh, six different topics they pick one. So in a lot of ways, it's somewhat similar to a college application process. And so that is out of 100, and then we rank the scholars. We have a a wide body of people who score the applications, and then those with the best scores will make it in. Was Lil Press familiar with other programs like this in other states? Is yes, that ma'am. where her, her idea came from? Yes, sir. It, it is, as far as I know. And I've got to meet Lil a few times and speak with her, which was wonderful as someone who loves this program and got to speak to our, our founding mother, if you will. So, um, so therefore, yeah, she was definitely, North Carolina was kind of first, um, Missouri and Arkansas. So I've actually, when I was starting with the program in the 90s, and you would look at some of our materials, you would actually see like, copyright Missouri, copyright Arkansas, and we actually borrowed literally from those programs. And in some ways we have continued in that model, and in some ways we have 
you know, continue to modernize and change our approach because the scholars of 2019 are not the scholars of 1989. They think differently. They have different philosophies and ideas. I will say that one of our principles that we have held true in the last two decades, which I think is really important, is that we do not allow the scholars to have their cell phones outside of their dorm rooms. And that is a challenge. Congratulations for on that. Yeah. And they, they, they are frustrated by it a little bit, but in the long run, they will say almost to a person when we talk to them about it, yeah. please keep it. Yeah. It allows them to engage with each other. It allows them to have rich, meaningful conversations without the constant yeah. you know, checking of the phone. And I believe sincerely that is one of the things that allows our program to still flourish. You've been here uh, 18 years, did you say? 22. 22 years. Yes, sir. Uh, 18 was uh, the other number that we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. In the 22 years, how have you seen uh, yourself uh, uh, scholars, uh, the academic rigor, how, how do you, uh, in that span of time, how things changed? Well, I think for myself, uh, as a high school teacher, I teach according to a governor scholar's model. I, I do obviously have to give grades. I do have to give assignments. Uh, I teach advanced placement courses, so my students have an end-of-year exam. But I don't emphasize that exam. I don't emphasize the grades. I might have a week and a half where I, my students don't have a grade. And especially in high school, that's pretty unusual. But for me, it's about engaging them. It's about conversation. It's about challenging them to justify their ideas. And a lot of that I've gained from my colleagues here and my own experience leading courses at Governor Scholars. Um, so it, is, it radically changes the way I think about the world because I don't care what a particular person's opinion is. That is their right to have that opinion. But I really am interested in their thought process, how they arrive there. What is their logic for that belief? And I think that's important in our society that we are able to engage with people who have different ideas, but we can still do so in a polite fashion. I think there's been a lot of degradation of that in our society. And one of the things we encourage with our scholars is that you're going to run into people different than you, and you can still have a pleasant conversation and walk away and go have lunch, even if you completely disagree. And that's how I grew up, and I think that has been harder and harder in the modern social media age. And we really encourage the scholars to, you know, engage with those who are different than you and still walk away as friends. Yeah. I was going to ask you, uh, in the age of social media, uh, have you seen, uh, the students, the scholars coming in with, uh, less enthusiasm about, uh, civil dialogue, for example, or even, uh, there's so much emphasis on STEM, you being a, a history and a biology uh, major when you were here at Center. Um, don't you think there is still plenty of room for the humanities uh, in a, a STEM world? Absolutely, I do. And one of the things that we have started to do to engage with the scholars, I've told them I'll review their applications. So if they want to come see me in my office, I will pull out, there's a stack from yesterday. So I will pull out their application and we talk about that. And one of the things I've told them, especially students that are interested in STEM, is that if you look at a lot of the science world, the medical school entrance exam, for example, how in the last several years they have removed one of the science sections of that exam and put in basically a humanities section. Because I think one of the common complaints many of us have about physicians is that oftentimes there may not be what we would call bedside manner. And that no matter what profession you're going into in life, the humanities offers you a richer, fuller experience. As someone who went to a liberal arts college, I firmly believe in that. And I think it is, I often see with my own students at school when I will engage with curriculum that is outside of history to provide context, they're kind of shocked that that is something that I can do 
And I don't think that should be shocking. I think all of us would do better in a more well-rounded academic background. And while there are many of the classes that I took or things I've learned at GSP that I don't use every day, that still doesn't mean it doesn't inform my character, my intellect, and the way I can engage with other people. So I firmly believe that humanities is important. And that's one of the things we are committed to at Governor Scholars is providing a well-rounded opportunity for all of our scholars. For example, we have two major, two major courses, the focus area, which is a course the scholars can pick things like engineering, forensics, creative writing and literary studies, so on and so forth. And so they get three choices and we will give them one of those three choices. We also offer what's called a general studies class. And that term is pretty accurate, you know, whatever kind of across the academic spectrum. And what we will try to do is we have our faculty give us brief descriptions of their plans. So if a scholar is in an engineering focus area, we're going to try to place them in a general studies class that is more humanities based so that we can offer a liberal arts curriculum in the summer to some extent with two classes. It's not that well-rounded, but that's that's our philosophy is that we want the scholars to see as much as possible the academic world. And even if it's not something they would say is their favorite I still think engaging with that kind of diverse curriculum is vital in our modern world because I think the one thing we know about the future is we don't know what the future is. Mm. And so having as well-rounded, broad-based education as possible is what's going to help our current intellectuals as they become adults have more opportunity in the modern world. So without knowing what the future is, (laughs) uh, uh, the future of the Mm -hmm. Governor Scholars Program, what do you think the future might bring? How will it change? What are the challenges? Um, And uh, going forward, uh, what do you think maybe should be added to the program? Well, one of the things we have done is we have added some focus area topics in the last couple years. We added engineering. We've added a forensic science. We've added, we've changed our courses over the years. We used to have a combined class that was social, political, and economic theory. Mm -hmm. We've actually divided those into three separate courses. So we try to look at what our students are interested in. We try to then offer things we think they would like. We used to offer a lot more language classes. We had uh, at one point Russian, French, Chinese, Japanese. Right now all we have is Spanish. I think in a recent I've spoken about this, my thought process is a lot of kids can just go online and learn languages on their own if they want to. Now that's not going to be the same experience as an experienced educator in a classroom, but in their mind they think it is. So there has been less interest amongst our scholars for some of those language classes. So we have tried to offer diverse experiences in that. We've made the classes like Spanish is not just Spanish language, it's Hispanic culture. So it's expanding on just learning the vocabulary and the, you know, nominative cases and all that, but actually to what is Hispanic culture, how does that impact our lives in the modern world, et cetera. So I think we're going to continue to look at that. Maurice and the campus directors have a commitment to innovation and trying to always stay current and add courses that we think our scholars will be interested in. We also have a commitment to telling our faculty every year, challenge yourself, don't do what you did last year, try something new, innovation is great. You may fail here and there, there might be something that doesn't go well. Again, there's no grade, there's no end of course exam, there's no final here, so we always talk to our scholars and to our staff, this is a place where failure is okay. And it's a, we learn from failure, and you look at a lot of the great innovators of our, of our history as a species, and they failed many times before they achieved that great success. So that's something we always try to spread to our staff, um, and so we as administrators have to do the same thing, trying to innovate. Thank you for speaking with us. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you. The students come from all over Kentucky. Two of the students I talked with in Danville are from Owensboro, Clayton Rhodes and Mary Grace Hemingway. So let me ask you first uh, if you would both uh, state your name and where you're from, please. I'm Clayton Rhodes from Owensboro, Kentucky. 
And I'm Mary Grace Hemingway from Owensboro, Kentucky. And there is a connection here because of uh, the young man's uh, grandmother, Judith Rhodes, uh, is on our board of directors, uh, and her grandfather, uh, his grandfather, is a, uh, a longtime friend uh, from uh, the days that we were both in the uh, the Senate uh, uh, at the State House. I was covering it, and he was acting as a senator. And uh, your mother, Sarah, heads up the Andrew W. Young, is that uh, the Andrew Young Foundation in Owensboro? William Young. Uh, William Young. William Did I say yes. Andrew? I'm sorry. <laughs> William Young Foundation in Owensboro, which has made it possible for us to bring our primetime program there. So um, I'll just ask both of you, um, what's GSP been like and what did you expect and uh, what has it lived up to? I'll just ask you first. Um, I expected it to be like me very homesick and um, just miss all my friends and family. But I've met a lot of new people and they, they're very interesting, like from just a lot of different places. And I've met like a lot of people that want to go to UK, like, like I do. And so like possible roommates and stuff, which is really cool. I expected it to be kind of like a mini college, but I wasn't expecting much. But like, I'm loving it here. It, it is like mini college, like going to class and just hanging out with friends. What What do you like about it, uh, other than just describing it as a mini college? What has been a, a particularly uh, attractive to you that you liked? I've enjoyed like all the classes and like the extracurricular things we get to do. And like, what are those classes? Uh, I I in my, my focus area is political and legal issues, and uh -huh. my general studies is the hidden life of trees. It's been super interesting. There's a new novel or nonfiction workout about that. Did you know that? I'll have to uh, pass that along to you. Oh, yeah. So the, tell me a little bit more about that. That sounds really interesting. The, the trees? Yeah. Uh, so like a general studies class is like something you randomly get put in. It's like an elective kind of. And uh, we learn about like trees and like it's interesting mm -hmm. and how they like communicate with each other. What about the extracurricular activities you've done, too? What, um, what are some of those? I've really enjoyed cricket, the sport. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd get into it, but GSP has got me that experience. And what about you? What, what have been your favorite classes and, and some of the things you've done outside that are interesting to you? Um, my focus area is journalism and mass media, so that's very interesting. We went to LEX18, and we toured their studio and everything. And then tomorrow we're going to the Danville. Um, newspaper, which is going to be pretty cool. What would you tell uh, the people back home, as you said, about your experience here and uh, the underclassmen that might have an opportunity to come to, to the Governor Scholars Program? I would tell them to 100% apply. It's a great program. I've got new connections. I've had tons of fun, and I've learned a lot. I would tell them to apply. Like, the application is very similar to college applications. And so that'll help you just like make it easier to apply to colleges. Plus, it's like a lot of fun, and we have so many different clubs. And like, I'm an introvert, so it's helped me start, learn how to like talk to people and meet a lot of new people. So that's very good for me. Are they encouraging you to speak up in class more, or is it when you're not in class and maybe just with? Uh kids at uh, at a meal or in 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 the, your living facility both um i've probably spoken here more than i have the past three years of high school so that plus i've 
managed to meet quite a few people here. That must be uh, a real eye-opener for you. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a real positive statement about your life and, and, and about how it's helped you. Yeah, it was really scary the first like couple days. I was like, I was just really nervous. And, but I've learned how to like just get to know people. It's really, it's really cool. I've gotten some like really cool friends now. Well, one of the things I've uh, uh, witnessed is that so many of the professors, the teachers, uh, the faculty were GSP uh, students at one time. Yeah. Uh, so that has to say a lot of good things about the program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So final question uh, to both of you. Um, if you had to go back, and how, how much longer do you have now? Two more weeks. Two more weeks? Next Saturday's when we leave, so yeah. it's like one week. So um, when you go back, uh, and the first person that you meet, a friend uh, you, that uh, maybe has been at the pool all summer, uh, and they say, what have you been doing? And they know you've been at this program, uh, and they say, what's it been like? What would you say again? Uh, I, thought was, I would say it's very eye-opening and just a great experience for like introverts especially because they're not used to this kind of environment. I would, I agree with her. It was an experience that was eye-opening and it taught us about our future and just what our life is right now and what it can be. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Think Humanities is a podcast from Kentucky Humanities, where we've been telling Kentucky's stories for 46 years. The podcast was produced and edited by Morgan Lowe. Think Humanities is available at kyhumanities.org, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Join us next week for a new episode of Think Humanities.